Welcome to the Crushing Cash Flow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome to Crushing Cashflow. I'm your host, Andrew Shutsky. Our guest today is Aaron Sinadella. Aaron's been around real estate for quite some time, 42 years to be precise, ranging across sales, property management, investments, including long-term holds. He's recently shifted his strategy to both passive and active investing in multifamily and now has invested in over 1,100 units. Quite impressive. Aaron's based out of Greenville, South Carolina, and I'm a bit jealous based <laughs> being that it's winter and I'm stuck in the Northeast here. So welcome, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing all these years of wisdom. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. And we've talked once or twice on the phone, so I'm looking to, uh, looking to enjoy a, a further discussion about real estate investing. Fantastic. Well, we'll dig right in. So, so first and foremost, things have moved really quickly for you. I'm somewhat jealous too in the last year or so since you've shifted gears into multifamily. I know you've got, it's not your for, first foray into real estate in general, but what are the transition from being a broker for you know so many years on the West Coast to multifamily investing look like? How, how did that feel? Uh, well, it, uh, it feels good. I'm, I'm 66 years old. I've been at it a long time. And, uh, I think Albert Einstein once said something to the effect, uh, as long as you're still learning, you're still living or something to that yeah. effect. I may not quite have the, the words exactly, but, uh, it's exciting for me to kind of learn, um, a, a different facet, a new asset class in real estate. I've primarily invested in single family homes and been doing it a long time. And maybe I got a little bit bored with doing that and wanted to do something different. So I've really enjoyed kind of learning the multifamily space and getting involved, uh, meeting folks like you across the country, talking to investors and operators. So I've had a good time learning the business. I still have a lot to learn, uh, but uh, doing these podcasts is all part of it. Absolutely. And I'm a big, big believer in education and taking action. You're a great example of that. Love your passion, love your energy. And how, how did you get things off the ground so quickly? I mean, it's almost miraculous. You've got a lot of great online presence. You've got, you know, lots of great content out there. You've got a huge following already in a short period of time. What's your secret? <laughs> <laughs> well, the secret is finding good people to help you. All right. So um, they, they, they say multifamily is a team sport and um, uh, that's certainly true. Uh, and I'm just at a point in my life, I'm not working a full-time W-2 like many folks. So uh, my time is kind of my own. And so I've been able to devote significant time to developing this business mark investment group. Uh, and I've also had some great help along the way. Uh, worked with Julie and Annie at Good Egg Investments, and they kind of helped me set up my platform and online presence. 
And the other exciting thing is I just hired my first virtual assistant this Monday, and he's doing great. So that's kind of fun, too. Um, so um, done a lot of networking. And the one thing I'd say about multifamily is uh, people are willing to help. It, more experienced people are willing to help. So all along the way, uh, people have reached out. I've reached out to people and they're willing to share their kind of knowledge and experience. And so taking that on top of my 40 years of real estate experience, uh, it was kind of fertile ground in which to make this, the jump to multifamily. Perfect. I love to pick your brain on this. I'm also considering the VA route, the virtual assistant. How did you find uh, him or her and uh, what are you having planning to have them do help to help you with? Yes. Yes. So um, I actually listened to a podcast from a fairly successful syndicator and um, she mentioned a company and I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of the company, but we can do it offline. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know what the rules are or the protocol. We'll but put it in the she, show notes or something. Yes, that would be great. Sure. So, so she recommended uh, a, a VA agency that helped her. So I reached out to them, and um, they found three candidates for me. Set up Zoom interviews with all three of them. I picked the one I liked, a young guy uh, in the Philippines where many virtual assistants come from. And what I'm primarily having him do is social media and also helping me with active campaign. Um, the other thing is I'm kind of a stream of consciousness guy and um, systems and processes and organization <laughs> isn't my strong suit. I'm kind of, I freewheel a lot. And so just having a VA to kind of help get me organized and keep me on track, I think is going to be a big part of it. The other thing is, is I'm not a techie person and I don't want to spend two hours fiddling with some graphics program to get some Facebook post to look great. I'd rather have somebody yeah. do it who knows what they're doing. And then I can just talk to investors and do what I like to do. Absolutely. I think the key there and you nailed it is, you know, you recognize what you're good at, what you like to do and what's not an effective use of your time. I mean, you, these guys have great rates and uh, that's why I've been looking at it. I know how time consuming some of the, the, Marketing mm -hmm. aspects, aspects can be even some of the, the follow-ups with investors and things like that. A lot of the background work for due diligence on deals. I mean, that can be very, very time consuming. So that's got to be huge. Yes. Yeah, so, um, uh, of course, I have to learn how to be a better manager because <laughs> I've never really been a manager. Okay. Uh, but um, yes, he's a nice young guy. And I can tell right now we're going to work together great. And he's going to be a great help to me. So I'm excited about that. It was a big step. And uh, as so I believe you learn by doing. And so I've never been a procrastinator. I've never played Hamlet, you know, should I be or not be? Right. I think there's always a lot of forward motion for me. And so 
I think you jump in and I have confidence I'm going to land on my feet. And I think you got to jump in and kind of get in the arena and start doing things. That's how you really learn. I mean, yes, podcast reading and books is all important. But I think at the end of the day, you kind of got to get into the game. You know, coach put me in. And by being in the game, you accelerate your learning and you just it doesn't have to be perfect out of the gate. You get in, you see where you need to adjust and you adjust and you keep moving forward. No, I love that. And I, you and I are both fitness people. I know that. So I, I always <laughs> yes. like to say you got, you got to get the reps in. I mean, yes, nothing else matters, yes. right? I, I, I'm not a perfectionist. It's, you know, and like some people at the, at the gym, well, mm-hmm. what exactly I do? I go, no, just keep moving your body. Yep. Move your body's 90% of it. The, the rest of it isn't that critical. Just keep moving. Don't stand around wondering what you should do. Just start moving and you'll see the benefits. It's <laughs> a perfect mantra to live by. I love it. Well, there, there are downsides too. You know, when you, when you leap before you look, occasionally you get hurt. And it's just a matter of hopefully the hurt isn't too bad. Correct. Uh, uh, so forth. So, uh, my girlfriend is 17 years. I love her and we're a great couple and we joke, I'm the engine and she's the brake. Okay. So it's good to have a little yin, yin and yang or whatever it's called. Uh, you know, a little control is also good. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think my <laughs> wife would say it's for a similar situation. That's great. Yeah. So let's talk about your first deal. How did you get into the first multifamily? And again, you've, you've scaled so quickly. Well, uh, I haven't done any big deals. Uh, I've owned duplexes and fourplexes over the years. Uh, so maybe I can talk a little bit about my my biggest acquisition and my most recent acquisition it was 12 units in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And that one, I just threw up a post on some Greenville real estate Facebook groups that, hey, I'm looking for multifamily. And lo and behold, about two hours later, I get a call from a guy I'd never heard of before. And he goes, hey, I may have something for you in Spartanburg. And I go, well, the only neighborhood I really like in Spartanburg is in Converse Heights. But if the deal's in Converse Heights, I'll probably buy it. And sure enough, it was in Converse Heights and it was 12 units and um Ended up buying the property and closing it last year, and we've owned it now for about two months, renovated three of the units and getting those leased up. So it was just kind of a lark Facebook post. And to show you how life is, the wholesaler goes after single family properties, and he has a text program where people get text. Mm -hmm. So He texted someone, someone called him back. He goes, I don't have a house to sell, but oh, by the way, I've got 12 units that I want to sell. So the wholesaler just fell into this 12 unit deal and he wasn't even looking for multifamily. He was looking for single family houses to wholesale. Great. So it was a match, perfect match. Yeah, it was just good timing. So yeah, it was good. That's awesome. So you do that on your own or did you partner up JV? Was it a syndication? Uh, I, I JV'd with three of my local buddies 
And then one of the local buddies has a brother in Boston who's a pretty big investor. And essentially, we structured it as a JV. Um, the young guy in Boston and I are the ma uh, majority owners. The three guys here in Greenville are friends of mine. We've done flips together. Uh, they're younger engineers wanting to learn the real estate business. So it was a good fit. Uh, I kind of bring the experience to the table. The engineers bring the systems and the processes to the table. Mm -hmm. And we, we have divvied up the work. The guy in Boston does all the financial and accounting. I work with the tenants and leasing because that's what I've done all my life. And the other couple guys handle the repairs and renovations and run the crews. So it works well. Man, it's like a well-oiled machine. And what, <laughs> what, what, and what I would say, and maybe for your listeners, um, I would say be careful when you're jumping into partnership with people. Uh, some people say you're getting married. I don't know if you're getting married, but uh, you want to partner with people that you can trust, that you like, and I think you enjoy working with. So I would recommend before you partner with somebody, try to get to know them on a personal level and make sure that these are folks that you can work with and that you trust and can have a good time doing it. In this case, most of the guys and I had done numerous single family flips. So there was already a comfort level and a trust built there. So jumping to the multifamily wasn't that big of a stretch. And I think we're all looking at it as a stepping stone to do larger deals in the future. So I think that's kind of the longer term plan, starting with 12 units, trying to work out the kinks, see how we operate, learn, and then go from there. It's like you're reading my mind. You're kind of progressing into my future last question. So, <laughs> so oh, it's, it's here. Thank you. So you've got this 12 unit. Uh, what are you looking for in the future? Just scale? Do you have a certain number of units in mind? Like, what's your what's your main goal there? Um, so, I know this is contrary to public or popular opinion. I'm not much of a goal setter. Um, it's never really been kind of how I operate. As I said, I'm kind of a free wheeler, mm -hmm. and so I kind of let things unfold and let life happen. So I think for me, well, let me back up. Um, I think it's important in life and business to do things in sequence and build a proper foundation as you scale up. And I know it's popular on these type of podcasts to go scale up and jump out and buy those 300 units. Yeah. Uh, whatever anybody wants to do is fine. That's not for me, uh, particularly when I'm involved with other people's money. I want to have a high degree of confidence. I have the, the education, knowledge, and experience to handle their money properly. So for me, even after 40 years of experience, jumping up into a 300-unit building would, yeah, it, it, it doesn't make logical sense. So I think you build slowly, 
create a foundation because bad times are going to happen. Economies are going to go south. And if you're not, if you don't have the proper foundation, you're going to get hurt. Where if you build slowly with the proper foundation, I think you can ride out things. So I think my next step would be maybe 50, 60 units, maybe four to $5 million deal, continue to act as a co-GP with more experienced lead operators on 200, 300 unit deals, see how they operate, see what they do, learn the business from that way, uh, but then also learn by taking on a slightly larger project. Tomorrow, I'm looking at 45 units in Greenville. I don't know if it's any good, but I'll have a better idea if I uh, after I look tomorrow. So I think that would be the next step, maybe 50, 60 units, somewhere like that. I think it's refreshing to hear is I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of of an engineering mindset. So you kind of stress yourself out sometimes of like trying to plan out the perfect five-year plan. And I want to, you know, if you want to have 5,000 doors or whatever your goal may be, it sometimes just takes you away from what you're doing it to begin with. Right. So it's kind of cool to say, Hey, let's get comfortable what we're doing. I like what you're kind of from an investor relations standpoint, that makes a lot of sense saying, Hey, I want to be a hundred percent confident in what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And learning, you know, not not making mis- not making huge mistakes along the way. You're learning enough to be able to recover from, which I think says a lot um, about yeah. character as well. Well, well, well. Thank you. And I just um, and my comments aren't meant to disparage anybody else's thinking. However, somebody wants to think about it and go about running yeah. their business, that's totally fine. It, it's just not for me. I mean. I'm kind of an old school guy. Uh, I learned the real estate business from my dad, who I, after I got out of grad school, I went to his real estate office at Menlo Park, California and started selling houses, was blessed to sell houses in Silicon Valley for 35 years. But he was an old school guy. He did it one house at a time. And that just kind of makes sense to me. So uh, from my perspective, no reason to reinvent the wheel. Uh, sure. It, 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 real estate has treated me very good. Everything's great. It's created a very nice life for me, good work-life balance. And I just want to kind of continue on the same path uh, as I've been going. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes. Love it. So you mentioned a couple of things. I just want to come back to them. You know, I usually try to wrap up with, you know, what advice would you give someone new or lessons you have learned? You talked about a couple of key things I just wanted to emphasize about when you jump into a partnership, be careful, build the trust first, get to know them before you're going to go into your 300 unit deal, a $30 million, whatever it may be. You talked about building a foundation. You're working your way up, really learning the ropes. Anything else you'd add to that if, you know, you had someone that's say, you know, in their first year or two to say, hey, don't do what I, I what I should have done or what, what would you do differently, et cetera? Yeah, um, I, I don't have many regrets. I'm not one to look back too much. Um, I think the other thing I would just say is, and I really believe this, uh, Real estate is a long-term game. And 
if you take a 10 to 20 year perspective, uh, which is hard in today's society where it's 24 seven hour, 24 seven news cycles, social media, uh, it, you know, two years from now seems like forever. But I think yeah. for real estate, if you take a long-term perspective, you're not over leveraged, you're properly capitalized, you're going to win. Time, population growth, inflation are going to win the day for you. Uh, but just be prepared from some momentary ups and downs and for cycles, keep your perspective, keep your focus on the long-term goals. And I think real estate is pretty sound. If you make good investments today, if you buy what you can afford, I can almost guarantee you 10, 15 years from now, you're going to be happy you bought them. And you just build it slowly and steadily over time and you'll end up with something. So I would say my advice would be aim to hit line drive base hits. Don't swing for the fences. Don't drive for the grand slam. Just steady progress over time. You'll win the game. And 10 and 15 years in a 90-year life isn't that long. So have a little patience and long-term outlook. I love that. I love that. It's all great tips. And this, <laughs> okay. I, I'd sum this up as 40-plus uh, years of wisdom in 20 minutes, which is fantastic. It's hard to get much more efficient than that. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> great questions, and thank you for helping me through it. Yeah. Last question for you is how can our listeners get in contact with you? What's the best way? Sure. So uh, the name of my company is Spark Investment Group, and the website is investwithspark, S-P-A-R-K dot com. My email is arn at investwithspark.com, and you can always call me on my cell, 650-575-6114. And I'll add to that too, that Arn and I have been connected on Facebook for a while now. He, he puts out some really great content on there. I know he's not a big social media guy maybe, but uh, for someone who doesn't specialize in that, he does a great job. At, uh, <laughs> well, well really thank nice you. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of great content on the web and uh, always love to interact on Facebook or LinkedIn. Yes. Great. So thanks so much, Arn. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Andrew. Let's keep in touch. Will do. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the Crushing Cashflow Podcast. We have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.